Hey guys, so we are here to talk worldwide rankings. So the new athlete ranking system that CrossFit dropped kind of details on yesterday. Um, just whether we think it works for semifinals. Um, yeah, just sort of our initial thoughts on it. We dug into it a little bit. Yeah, so I guess from our perspective, pulling data from FranLong.com, um, we were able to kind of pull open rankings, quarterfinals, semis, and games from 2022, uh, as then also open and semifinal rankings and games from 2021. Uh, to this point, there isn't a official worldwide quarterfinals ranking for the 2021 season. Um, some CrossFit's putting that together or are just going to fudge it until they recalculate after this year's quarterfinals in a month. So. Um, we'll see it from that perspective. And I think, well, we're taking a look at it. There'll be lots of people who can tell you who the top 10 are. Um, it's Tia, spoiler alert. She's number one. Uh, but more taking a look at it for more of a, a holistic season, um, how it's going to impact the, the spots available, what the strength of field looks like um, from a kind of continent versus continent, like Oceania versus North America um, at that level. So um, we're going to be talking about North America as kind of one unit at this point since we haven't broken down where everybody lives and that can certainly change between now and when semifinals kick off yeah it's kind of a thing where everything's sort of unofficial well it is all unofficial we're looking at the 2022 semifinal athletes by continent that's really how we're looking at it and there are some data gaps in some of that quarterfinal stuff but we've got pretty much everything else to kind of calculate out to get a general gist of how those continents would have looked against each other with the 2022 semifinal athletes. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so where do you want to start with just like, do we think it's working for what it needs to do or we want to end off with that? I guess... Why don't we kick it off with your first impressions of how it worked out? Um, well, my first impressions have sort of changed. My first impression was without like looking at numbers or anything, just actual impression when it kind of got kicked off yesterday was that I, I like it that it is only going to look at the athletes that are competing at the semifinal. Because there's a lot of like, Oceana is so strong. Yes, Tia is amazing. But that doesn't inherently make anyone that's below her good. So with especially like this coming out at a year where the most dominant female is out of the season because she's pregnant, um, I'm kind of happy that she doesn't have an impact on the Oceana reason because her strength applies to nobody else. So I like that it's going to be calculated after quarterfinals for the athletes competing at those semifinals. That was my like first like, yay, <laughs> thought of it's not looking at the region. It's literally looking at the athletes competing. Yeah, I guess that it is a good perspective to have it. I guess you're not rewarding past results or you're not giving credit to people for their past or other people's past results. Um, yeah, like they're not, um, they're not being penalized in any way because of population. Like they're not. It is inherently the athletes that make it out of those 
continents and how strong are they ranked worldwide with a little extra in semifinals and games kind of things. So that's what I like. What was your first like thought on it? Yeah, I guess when I took a look at it and just saw the weightings, like obviously it works from an elite perspective. Like the top athletes are the top athletes. It just, it seemed like an overall ranking, like the, it seems like there's a lot of weight put into the quarterfinals and the open in terms of determining the actual results. Um, Because like, I guess looking at the table, I don't have the exact table in front of me, but um, you can see you can be, you know, 90% in for the, you know, I guess for men's semifinals, you can be 600th in worldwide semifinals and that will get you 1900 points, but um, you can be whatever this person is like 27th in semifinals and that gets you 15 points. So the level of, um, the scoring or the weighting of scoring seems to be so much or heavily skewed to the opening quarterfinals, except for those elite individuals, which I guess when you are choosing the games, like there's a lot of like in Oceana, you know, you have your top four or five men, your top four or five women who are super strong, but then it falls off the cliff after that, that I, I see how they do under or weight the semifinals, but in terms of, like the quarterfinals to get into the 95th percentile at quarterfinals, like it isn't a big challenge for most of these athletes. So it just kind of, just kind of squishes everybody together where like you see this guy, I'm trying to find out his open. It's Hilmer von Mansigan, who is, I guess, out of Africa. Um, Whatever he was 997th in the open this past year, 14th at his semifinal. 563rd in worldwide quarterfinals and you know he has almost similar points to somebody who you know finished second at quarterfinals like it just it seems to be there's all the weight is in those two events that it kind of almost negates it because the I guess the scaling is so minuscule to have each percentile be you know 10 or 20 points different which is ultimately like 500 people in a competition. Yeah, the granularity is not there. Like in, I think it was the 2021 Open, like to be in the 99th percentile, you have to be over like 1152nd for women and over 400 or 1440 for men. So like that's the entire elite field. Well, not entire, but like, the majority of them are all so they're all getting the same points and then quarterfinals is a bit more divided up because there's fewer people so percent matters more but it's still like it's not really separating the top people in any manner that means anything like it's just not granular enough so it's kind of like a bit of like, what is the purpose of the rankings? The purpose of the ranking just to seed out those extra games tickets in which maybe having more granularity at the top of the leaderboard through open and quarterfinals would put more weight on where the top people in the world really are to seed those tickets into semifinals. 
or is it just to have the games people show up at the top so sponsors know who's at the top like it's kind of like what's the intention of the calculation yeah i guess the if it is for the games like it's just did a quick poll from the open so out of the you know 586 athletes um, that competed at quarterfinals last year like the worst finisher was in the 94th percentile of the open rankings so everybody who is going to semifinals is between 940 and a thousand points there's only two yeah. people with a thousand points so it's you know 800 and or 584 athletes have either 990 to 940 points which there really is no differentiator over there when you yeah that's kind of not average enough. it out over all those athletes yeah, so that's where like the semifinals rankings kind of plays in. But then those semifinals are only ranked within those athletes in that area. So the people who win a semifinal win the semifinal, even if they would have been 30th at a different semifinal. So those athletes are getting like strength based or numbers that are being used to calculate strength when it's not worldwide, so it doesn't inherently calculate strength because they're at a semifinal that doesn't have the top end competition there. You know what I'm trying to say? I think so, yeah. That like winning Africa gets you how many points? 4,000 points. And winning Oceana gets you 4,000 points. But from what we've seen of the African athletes at the games, Strength-wise, they are not equivalent to the winners of Oceana. Right. So they both, the granularity in the open and quarterfinals is not there. And then they get the same 4,000 points that someone else gets. And then it's at the games is the only time where they're brought back down again. Like, it's a strength-based number, but getting 4,000 points at a semifinal that's not that strong. Are they equivalent athletes? Yeah, well, we know that isn't true just based off the game standings. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess like based off of that, like it, it's almost, the cycle is almost going to just continue that because of the strengths. Like, I don't know how you bring up a continent based off of this model. Because like inherently, unless like somebody out of, unless Guy wins the games, how it, it just due to the, like the sheer volume of numbers, like how is how are they going to pull up their the South African number high enough to justify more game seats without winning the games? And even winning the games, so you win the games, you get ten thousand points um, added to your region, but then you divide that by thirty athletes. Like it's actually not that significant. Like we've put together like the by continent what the like average points are kind of thing and like 300 points is not like a massive um, impact in terms of ranking that continent like with having one athlete do well isn't gonna yes. isn't gonna magically make South America get more spots I guess is what I'm trying to say yeah, well, I guess like like running through the numbers, like if we take a look at the women's side. Um, so right now, 
just kind of our, our, you know, rough back of the napkin kind of ballpark numbers. Uh, Europe's at 8,799 points per semifinal athlete. North America, 8,634. Um, with Tia, we'll come back to this in a second, 7,481 for Oceana. Then 6,206 for South America. Africa is 6,117. And then Asia is 5,980. So again, like there is a huge weighting to Europe and North America. Um, but I guess to quickly take out Tia here from the rankings. But in terms of waiting for North America and Europe is they had more people at the games. And they had more people get more points in the semifinals as well. That's again, like just purely based off numbers, like they're always going to get more points for semifinals because they have 60 people at semifinals. Yeah. Um, so I just took out Tia's points. So they went from whatever it was, 7,400. So Oceana is now down to 6,567, um, which again, like to take out the top athlete in the world for. I guess two seasons in terms of rankings, but now Oceana from a, a strength standpoint's marginally ahead of South America. So it, again, it takes away all of their advantage. Um, and likely they would have gone from four seats to back. Now they're probably at the minimum uh, at three again, just based off of the, this number. Yeah. Because you so, lose the top athlete. Yeah. Cause she's got like top points out of like everything for two seasons that she drops. But if you add, can you add something like 10,000 points to let's run through the men's numbers of by continent and then add like 10,000 points to Guy in okay. one season and see if it actually changes like would South America it, to me, it's not going to be shocking. He could win the games, and it's still not going to pull South America up in any meaningful way, is my guess. Yeah, so I guess on the men's side, so North America is first, 9,104 points. Europe is in second, 8,738. Oceania is third, 6,852. South America is third, 6,639. Asia, 6,372, and then Africa, 6,183. 6, so again, similar to what we saw once we took Tia out of you know, the women's side, like North America and Europe are several thousand points ahead of all these other continents. Um, but I guess like in our hypothetical situation, we say Guy won the games, give him, I guess the, the 10,000 points for last year versus the 2200 that he won I guess like Oceana jumps or no, sorry South America jumps from 6639 per athlete to 6897 so I think it's not a meaningful not really a meaningful difference yeah it's one of those things that like the granularity is not really there through the open and quarterfinals to show actual strength that the ones that have more games tickets that can potentially get those extra points or the ones that will come up. So if you have more athletes going to the games, you'll forever have more athletes going to the games. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I again, don't know how you break the cycle. And I guess, you know, getting to the games, like the top end certainly rewarded, but then like the bottom of the barrel, like whatever, Elena Cartellas Sanjua, like she finished 39th, I believe. And so she got 50 points. And so. That doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Like 50 points in the grand scheme of things doesn't do anything, I guess. But then, like, you're also not really getting that much for semifinals in terms of, like, if you are one of the last place people in semifinals. So, again, it just kind of, it seems interesting that you're, you're not being rewarded to get to the games comparatively to, you know, the, the Open where, you know, a 50-point difference in the Open is, you know, 10,000 spots. Like, <laughs> You can't tell me like there there isn't much of a difference there compared to somebody who makes the games. Um, yeah, the granularity of point value across the season is weird, which kind of goes back to the like, what's the intent? Yeah, because I don't know if they're really going to hit the mark in terms of those extra. Is it seventeen games tickets that have no spot? Yeah. Like it's 17. Yeah. No. Cause like given, even if you like whatever, hypothetically Oceana, like if you had like the three men spots, like even if they all finish top 10, I don't think it's a meaningful number to, to pull you up to get a fourth spot. I yeah. Like how they're rewarding. I'm still kind of hypothetical, but. Um, yeah. They haven't like said how, they're rewarding the spots all we know is that this is sort of we know the percentile business we know the level that the points are being given out at and that's that's all we know and at the moment it's kind of just not seeming like enough like there's parts of it i like that it's actually looking at the athletes that are there because then something like krenikov moving like switch him from asia and see what happens there um well, I guess, yeah, so Roman, so for him to move, I guess, Europe, or I guess, yeah, Asia. so Asia with Roman had 6,372 points per athlete, um, and then, so it dropped them down to 5,980, which, again, you take the top athlete out of there, it's going to have a pretty significant impact. Um but I guess, again, like if they're guaranteed two spots, you know, last couple of years, that second competitor has been in the, the bottom five of the game. So is that just going to kind of further, further push that kind of group a little bit lower? Well, and I guess that's why some of these continents, they do still have like multiple tickets. Because I know there's lots of debate about like, should all of them just have one like coming into the season blank slate for sure. One will come from every continent. Like should Asia just have one or should they have two? Cause like on the men's side, now they're the like weakest and the, like there is some assumptions in our data for sure in terms of quarterfinal stuff because we don't have it for 2021. Um, so there are assumptions in our calculations, but. Yeah. 
yeah, like, is does this make a case for everybody to just have one spot, or does this make a case for something else? Yeah, like I guess like we need to have more granularity on the the allocations um, to see how it would actually impact, like how those extra seats are going to get picked. It just at this point, it seems like they're they're going two spots in North America and Europe. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. I liked it originally. Now I'm not in love with it. I guess it's to be determined on what it is that they're looking at in terms of giving out those extra ticket spots. But it's kind of like the more people that go to the games, the more points you get. So then, but if you don't have people going to the games, you can't yeah. get you can't the points. You can't give your chances. Uh, I guess it's interesting. And, oh, you can finish and, up. And even like North America and Europe, there's more points given in the semifinals because they're proven to be stronger. So like, it's not like I have a problem with it, but like, yeah, I don't think it's a system that has any way of ever changing and ever having more people from other places come. Yeah, with the lack of lack of separation in opening quarterfinals, like you can't you can't differentiate yourself. Like needs to have a bit more of a sliding scale, like you see for the in-person comps, in order for a continent to rise up. Because like even like when you look at it, um, like the lowest the lowest point total across the board is between 5,200 and 5,800, or if I have 5,200 and 5,800 across, like depending on the region. So like, you can't tell me the last, the last semifinalist in North America is gonna be of the same caliber of the last one out of Africa, but their points are almost identical. Yeah, so even like, if I wanna do this percentile thing, like do it in, so the lowest person, the lowest 2022 semifinal qualifying athlete um, was like 8,000th in the open last year. So if you want to do a percentile sliding scale, do it on the top 10,000 in the open. And if you're outside of 10,000 in the open, you get zero because then you're using percent, like kind of like quarterfinals is in the 5,000 sort of range, but like cap it or have set like first 200, 100, 200, 200, 300, like just, you can't have one point section contain 1100 places in the open with the goal of this to say who's the strongest, to calculate the strongest. That I would almost just take semifinals and games out of it. If you want strength of semifinal, look at the current year open and quarterfinals because someone like say i don't know if they did it or not but like annie and con they went team last year so because well they both did the open i would have to look but that search function is not working um to see if they did individual quarterfinals but with athletes like that 
to then bring their strength to say Khan's back in Oceana this year. So Khan should have done the open and individual corner finals last year. So then he was bringing his strength to Oceana because him going team doesn't make him weaker. He just didn't compete. So if you want worldwide strength seeding, you have to have people ranked against each other worldwide and calculate on that. And then people like Khan who would like maybe wants his points or if sponsors are going to use it or whatever, that maybe those team athletes would then also still do quarterfinals to get those like ranking points. So then be like, oh, I'll go team this year, but then next year if I go back to individual, I'll still have my points to bring my own strength to the field. So then in hopes that with Khan Porter back in the mix in Oceana, that then that would bring the strength numbers back up. Or they could just look at this year where it's like open quarterfinals, Khan will do both. His strength will yeah. then be applied. That I don't know. I was keen. Now there's some serious holes. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess like just like in terms of like the lack of differentiation. Um, I was looking. Uh, so kind of Oceana men. So you got Jay Crouch. He you know, won this year's semi. Came second last year. Been to the games two years in a row. Top thirty finishes both years. Um, has thirteen hundred or thirteen thousand nine hundred and forty points um, versus Royce Dunn, who did not go to the games this year. Um, finished top twenty last year. Yeah, so I guess like Dunn went one the games once out of the past two years. Uh, finished top twenty. He has nine hundred and fifty points from his games experience. Jay Crouch has been to the games two years, has two top 30 appearances, and has a thousand points in games spread. So even though like there wasn't a significant difference in terms of placements at the games last year or in 2021, I think Crouch was 22-23. Don might have been like 16th or 17th. Um, and Crouch has a, a second games trip and only has 50 points more. Um, and then Crouch has just had two seasons that are significantly better, but he's only 1,500 points in the grand scheme of things ahead of Royce Dunn. Like, it just... It doesn't make sense. It, yeah, it just, it seems like there are, yeah, some gaps there. Um, oh, and then, oh, I was looking at it. It was, um, like, Jason Smith versus Keelan Henry. So Jason Smith has a higher point ranking than Keelan Henry because he did better at the games the year that he went to the games, but Keelan Henry beat him in 2022. So shouldn't Keelan Henry probably be the highest ranked, ranked African male because he is the most recent winner of the African um, semifinal, but because the 2021 points aren't at all, um, like weighted less Jason Smith has points on Keelan Henry yeah. which so then that will bring Africa up because they sent two different guys yeah. kind of to the games that so Africa 
might be possibly have a leg up on other like Asia the last few years like they haven't actually had all their tickets like used like with visa issues and stuff like I think they've maybe had one guy on the men's side in 2021 yeah um so then like those continents aren't getting anything in terms of extra points to try and bring up that reading yeah like it almost seems that you get rewarded for consistency like you'll have if you have the same 30 people go to the semifinal two years in a row or three years in a row you'll get two years of semifinals in there whereas if you have a bunch of turnover like you don't get those points um but i guess like you do bring up the point of waiting between 2021 and 2022 um like just looking the obvious kind of one here is like ricky grard he couldn't compete in 2021 um but even with his third place finish at the games he has 9,970 points which is you know pretty significant where Tudor Magda, who went to semifinals last year, made it to the games this year, has 9,980 points. So, you know, who, I guess, like, from a waiting standpoint, like, who's going to bring more to the table in terms of competitiveness at a semifinal? Is it going to be Ricky or is it going to be Tudor? Oh, 100%. Like, it, yeah. it should be Ricky. Like... And you think of like all those athletes who have had injuries over the past couple of years, like Bethany Shadburn, like she's going to go to a semifinal and pretty much has nothing to show for it, but has a bigger impact on the, um, the competitiveness of it than, I don't know. Yeah. If she's healthy. A random person here, like Molly McGrandy, like Molly McGrandy went to the semifinals this year and did all right. But, um, Bethany Shadberg is probably going in zero points to the table where McGrandy will have 7,500. Yeah, it's, and that's where, like, it's kind of, since we've been doing this, like, through the fantasy fitnessing games and just digging into all the data and stuff, is that it's kind of like past data means nothing. Like, look what happened to Sam Kwan. He had some allergy, autoimmune stuff going on and couldn't perform. And then last year, he made it back to the games. And everyone's like, oh, he's inconsistent. No, he had something happen one weekend of his life. And that doesn't inherently make him less competitive or bring less to the table because something happened. Emma Tall, Chandler Smith. Well, I think Chandler Smith just missed. But um, having one bad weekend doesn't inherently make these people less of a threat or bring less strength to the field. I have no genius ways of capturing that either. Yeah. But it's well I think not you there. like current year. Like do your current year open your current year quarterfinals. Like if you and are if fighting for a spot and you want it you want it to mean something, like sell your soul. Like don't Yeah, like I guess like those North American athletes don't need really need, they just need to push in quarterfinals to get to the next stage but like all they need to do is the top 10 percent in the open like they can do whatever it takes like Kelsey's dropping dumbbells across the gym and still making it to quarterfinals um but that probably impacted him by like 10 points in his worldwide ranking um which 
unless you're yeah. giving a bonus out for this world of our rankings like athletes don't care at least the top athletes don't care like it's it's not going to mean anything to those top 20 men and women who are always make it to the games whether they have 13,020 points or 11,900 points just as long as they make it to the games well because that's like so i think it was the south american men wasn't there four of them in the top 40 of worldwide quarterfinals or something like that yeah last year that yeah last year so to me that might mean that south america men are significant but with guys like Fikowski being 2,500th or something that he was, like, part of me likes that there's no granularity because it means nothing. The athlete's performance in those workouts means nothing. So not having the granularity because it doesn't mean anything kind of makes sense. So in that way, why not just seed it based on their worldwide quarterfinal ranks? Like... Take convoluted math out, take all of that out, and make it a simple season where the previous competition is how your strength is ranked for the semifinals. That's how normal sports go. Normal sports is this season is what pushes you forward. And if you lose in quarterfinals, you're out. Yeah, I, I I agree. I guess like taking the opposite side of it, like in tennis, you're still playing on a tennis court versus an opponent versus semifinals. You're in a stadium. You're in a heat. You're competing against other people. Like it's competing in a live in-person competition isn't the same as doing workouts in your gym. Like it just each stage of the CrossFit game season just requires a different level of athleticism that we see every year people fall off. Like the same, the same people score within the top 50 of the opening quarter or open every year, but then don't make it to the games. Um, but the thing is like, if someone like Fikowski is really low in quarterfinals because he just kind of like does goes through the motions then he has an impact on how many tickets go to the east side. And there's a chance that he'll be on that cut line. Like if you make it their quarterfinal performance for games tickets at their semifinal, they, I don't know if the athletes would actually act like they have skin in the game, but they might actually act like they have skin in the game come quarterfinals. Yeah. Like, it'll, it'll make it mean something, especially maybe in some of the, I guess it kind of across the board. Like, I think Royce Dunn, I think he punted one into the stands during quarterfinals last year, but still made it to semifinals and finished fourth. Like, Yeah, so then had he not punted that into the stands, yeah. quarterfinals was used for the calculation. Theoretically, if that was the system... Oceana could have earned a fourth semifinal spot and then he'd be at the game. Like, I think maybe using like those smaller Asia, Oceana, Africa, those kinds of places where it's more up in the air of like who is stronger, who is, how many people should go, where does it start like falling off in terms of like athlete strength. Um, but something like that, like, 
first, I might have redone it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe redone it or, yeah. But he knew he could but, make but it. But we're waiting to the top end, essentially, I think. Kind of a full circle around that. It's just, if you're 500 points difference, or 500 spots different and it's 10 points, like... No it's not impact. a meaningful impact when you have twenty thousand or ten thousand points. Like, yeah, it's kind of too many points, not granular enough. Yeah. Kind of just doesn't really mean anything. Too many points in the wrong spots. Yeah. So, all right. Anything? <laughs> anything, anything else? else? No. That's yeah. So that is our take from. Long analytics um, on the worldwide ranking. Let us know what you guys think. Um, we may also try and pull our data together in a usable fashion and drop it on our Patreon. So if you want to actually look at like what was the weakest open finish of the 2022 semifinal qualifying athletes and worldwide corner final, stuff like that. We will try and put it in a succinct way on our Patreon. So you guys can also geek out on this too. Like we shouldn't be the only people with the data that can look at this and like play with scenarios and pull people in and out and look at what would be required for these um, continents and stuff like that to make significant change in terms of number of tickets and stuff like that. So. We want more people to be able to weigh on it. That's kind of our goal at Fran Long to bring CrossFit data and stats to people so other people can look at it too, because then it makes the conversation a lot more fun. So that is it from us for today. And let us know what you think. Follow us Instagram at Fran Long Analytics and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Um, we've got some more statistics in there, um, plus updates on what's happening in the world of CrossFit. So it's a short read um, every Wednesday. Sounds good. See you guys.